Blog Talk Radio. Podcast episode thirty-one. Uh, I am your host Scott Jarvis, and I am here this week uh, with my co-host Michael Shepard. Uh, how you doing today, Mike? I'm good. You? Uh, not too bad, man. Um, I'm happy to finally be back on the air. We took a we had a three week a three week hiatus there, um, mainly because I just wasn't too interested in spending six or seven hours producing a show that was going to run you know an hour or so or less with with very little to talk about. Uh, but now that uh, you know the the quote unquote uh autumn calendar is here uh you know boxing's kind of ramping up and or revving up and we're getting some uh, some of the bigger action coming our way uh over the next few weeks so uh Victor was supposed to join us today Michael but uh I reached out to him earlier uh and I haven't heard back from him since so it looks like it's just going to be us today um and just for so that our listeners know it's probably going to be a short show uh because Mike and I are going to be uh, going to be uh, previewing uh, Superfly 3 and then the uh, Porter and Garcia fight coming up this next Saturday. Um, and then I suspect next week, Michael, we'll probably have a much bigger show because we'll be talking about uh, the big Golovkin-Canelo rematch that's going down in Vegas on the 15th. Um, but with that all said, let's jump right in. Um, next week in uh, Inglewood, California, uh, we've got Superfly 3, um, which, to be honest, uh, I'm... I'm not as excited about uh, as I was Superfly 1 and 2, Michael, uh, only because this seems to be, uh, meaning Superfly 3, seems to be, uh, how do I put this properly? Um, it seems to be a collection of, of stay busy fights or almost a holdover for Superfly 4 rather than, you know, some kind of mini tournament that's actually happening. Would you agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I would agree with that, I think. You know, it's kind of missing the bigger names in uh, sure. Rovigsai and Chocolatito. So hopefully yeah. they'll come back and next year ready for the, the fourth, the fourth um, card that they're hopefully going to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, I, was, I was planning on being there um, until they announced who all these guys were fighting. And then I just thought, well, this is a good card, but it's not nearly as exciting or, or kind of over the top as the first two. Um, are you still going to be there uh, live this weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll okay, are you, are you are you sitting ringside or are you up a ways? No, ringside. I got a media pass, so I'll I'll be there. Uh, something, so. Oh, okay, awesome. You'll have to you'll have to give us a report then when we do the review next weekend. Uh, that'll be pretty cool. It's mm-hmm. all. It always makes a difference when you sit ringside. It's a much much better experience. Um, but given all that, uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, the main event, uh, and the, the big one next week and on the Superfly card, Michael, uh, is Juan Francisco Estrada versus Felipe. I hope I pronounced this correctly. Orokuda, uh, and that's a 12 rounder for the WBC junior Bantamweight or Superfly, uh, eliminator. Um, and I'm fairly certain as I'm sure you and our listeners are that the winner of this will go on to fight, uh, um, uh, I almost said. 
Oh my god, I'm having a total brain fart. Uh, but we'll go on to fight in Superfly Four uh, when that rolls around in the spring. Um, now uh, I want to ask you first, Michael, before I chime in, who do you like in this one and why? Uh, I think you kind of touched on it before. I think Estrada is probably uh, it's going to be like a tickover fight for him, ready for the uh, sure. for the next card, probably facing someone of a of a bigger name. Um, he's just got um, the uh, the more experience. He's fought uh, obviously uh, some some bigger bigger uh, bigger fights over his last few years. Um, I think if he comes in and doesn't underestimate his opponent, I think he'll he should take it on the night and then look forward to a, a bigger class and a bigger payday. Hopefully, you know April in Superfly Four. Sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean that was the biggest letdown for me in this one is that he wasn't fighting Soaring Visai, but uh, given that guy's you know out of the ring issues and, and some of the issues he's had in his camp. Uh, you know, I understand why this fight's happening and that, you know, that fight isn't yet. Um, I agree with you though. I think, I think Estrada's definitely the more experienced fighter. I mean, in fact, I know he is. Um, but when I went, when I, when I went and, and did my research on Oracuda this morning and a little bit last night, uh, both on YouTube and box and a few other websites, um, I found that in 40 fights, uh, the guy has only fought just twice outside of his home country of Mexico. Uh, and those two fights were in Argentina. Um, I did see that uh, he's a fighter that likes to work from, from both the mid-range and the outside uh, from behind a jab. Um, but what I didn't like when I watched him uh, this morning was, was that he does a lot of his work off the back foot. Um, he's more of a boxer. Than, than a than a you know than a puncher or even a fighter, um, and, I, and he doesn't have a he doesn't have really any any you know concussive knockout power or anything that I think Estrada needs to be uh, extra wary of. Um, but I did notice too, Michael, that uh, Orokuda carries his left hand low, uh, and that when he does you know go on the offensive and comes forward, he leaves his head exposed. Uh, so that could that you know that could eventually lead to his downfall. Um, I think. Orokuda probably stop, or I'm sorry, Estrada probably stops Orokuda later in the fight. I'm thinking around seven, around seven or eight. Um, but outside of that, outside of the notes that I just read off of, uh, I had really never heard of Orokuda before this this fight was announced. Had you heard of the guy at all, Michael? No, to be honest with you, no. No, yeah, <laughs> and I mean I, that's kind of telling. I mean. It, it takes a lot to knock knock the steam out of a fighter or something as big as Superfly uh, for me. But you know, when I when I found it, when I saw the names attached to the bigger names, I just kind of thought, well, shit. You know, I, I if somebody like you and I don't know who this person is, it's not necessarily a problem, but it it it's very telling of of you know the quality, I guess. Um, but again, given given the circumstances, I think uh, I think Tom Lawler did a pretty good job. Um, now, um, did you, I, I'm sorry, I must've missed it. Did you, did you tell us, Michael, uh, how you think the fight's going to end? I know you're picking Estrada, but, uh, how do you think he, he finishes the fight? I think he, I think he'll either, either TKO or a KO kind of like around the middle rounds, five or six. I think mm-hmm. he'll just, he'll wear the guy down. Uh, I think his experience over the years will tell. He'll probably just use the opening rounds to find out how, uh, how his opponent's going to try to try to break him down and then, you know, just take advantage and uh, either finish him standing up, the referee will jump in, or I think he'll finish, you know, with a KO around like round six, something like that. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're pretty close in our picks and I think some kind of stoppage around seven or eight and you're thinking six or seven. 
So that's, yeah, that's definitely within the realm of possibility, that's for sure. Um, I don't know how much resistance Oracuta is going to provide for Estrada or, or you know, be to Estrada uh, in route to that stoppage. Um, I, I think it's pretty much a one-sided fight. Um, and then hopefully uh, if Estrada does what he we believe he will do and most people think he will do, uh, he'll be fighting Soaring Visai in, in you know, some sort of rematch in Superfly 4 or whatever they're going to call that uh, when that rolls around in the spring. Um, now, the uh, the uh, penultimate fight uh, on the Superfly card next week, Michael, is, uh, I'm going to butcher this name too, Donnie Needies uh, versus Aston Polakiti, I think it is. Uh, and that's a 12-rounder for the vacant WBO Junior Bantamweight title. Um, now, Michael, watching uh, Aston Polakiti, Pulsidi, I think, on YouTube last night. Uh, I know I, I that name is terrible, uh, or it's it's horrible to try and pronounce. Uh, watching him last night on on YouTube, Michael, uh, I noticed that he's really slow of foot. Uh, he's flat, he's flat footed as well, and he doesn't utilize much upper body movement, which I think is going to be um, a big problem given um, you know the 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 depth that Needy's has compared to this guy. Um, I kind of look at this fight the same way I look at the uh, the aforementioned Estrada fight, Michael. I don't think uh, Pal- Palisidi offers much resistance uh, against Needy's. I think that Needy's probably wins this fight by dominant decision. Um, uh, where what are your thoughts on this one? I agree. I think uh, I think Donny Nieves will win by decision. Um, Aston Placidi, or however you pronounce it, is uh, no, he's going to be the taller guy. He's going to be taller, younger, uh, less uh, shop one. But like you say, I don't think, um, I just don't think he's as skillful. You know, he, he's taller but slower. So, you know, Donnie Nettes, I think being a smaller guy, he's kind of used to fighting, um, you know, bigger opponents. So it's not going to be something that's going to be new to him. Um, sure. He's not really going to have to, you know, think up some kind of new way of coping with that. Um, so I think, yeah, I agree. I think he'll just come in and out, come in and out, stay on the outside and probably pick up a, a kind of a unanimous decision. Um, sure. I don't think he'll take him out. Um, but you no. never know, I guess, you know, with it being like a, yeah. like you well, say, like well, a, a picked opponent for him. So, yeah, it, that's, that's a tough call. I thought about that too, given, you know, cause a knockout can happen, not just because a guy has power and technique, but, uh, you know, it, they can also occur when your level of opposition isn't quite up to par, you know, or, or where it has been in the past. Um, and I think Nietis, uh, you know, he doesn't have a ton of power, but uh, uh, I don't know. From what I saw on YouTube, I don't think Pal- Palacidi is, is all that good. I think he's a very average guy. Um he kind of he's kind of a stationary target from what I saw in, in the two I think it was yeah two fights that I watched. Um, I think honestly, uh, Felipe Orocuda versus Aston uh, Palacidi would have been a better fight than Nietes versus Palacidi, but you know it is what it is. Um, I think it was uh, who was it? Oh, okay, that, that's another fighter. Sorry, uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, I do I don't know. Um, Again, I don't know what what kind of resistance Palacidi is going to offer Nietes, or or if he's going to, you know, push Nietes in any way, or or kind of test those waters, or take it deep. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I I definitely think Nietes uh, will win this fight by unanimous decision, just like you do, and we'll go on to you know fight again in Superfly Four against uh, better opposition. 
Um, now, with that said, the one other fight uh, on the Superfly card, or Superfly 3 card, Michael, is Kazuto Ioka versus uh, McWilliams Arroyo, who we saw uh, at Superfly 2 um, last year, or earlier this year. Uh, and that's a 10-rounder uh, in the Superflyweight or Junior Bantamweight division. Uh, Michael, I'll let you take this one first. Uh, who do you have in this one and why? I think this is actually a close one. You've got uh, Ayoko coming in, who's a three-division world champion, 22-1 uh, and one from Japan, and then uh, McWilliams Arroyo, who's um, a two-time world champion, 17-3. Uh, mm-hmm. So both of them, you know, have got kind of around 20 to 22, uh, 23 dip fights. Um, I think it's, it's actually kind of a 50-50. Um, I think it should be a good fight. Uh, I think I'm going to go for McWilliams. Um, okay. and I think it'll be kind of like a close decision, uh, you know, like a three or four round uh, to McWilliams. Uh, but this is probably okay. actually kind of one of those undercard fights, which I think might actually steal steal the show. The I think show, it's be a yeah. Close one. Yeah, I actually I, I don't disagree with you with your with your overall pick. Uh, but uh, when I was look watching footage of Ioka, uh, I thought he looked kind of he reminded me of. Uh, several other Japanese fighters that, that I've seen and you've probably seen as well, where they just kind of, they're, they're maybe not one dimensional, but they're, they, they put all their emphasis on coming forward and they're not always throwing punches as they, as they walk in or try to walk in. Uh, I saw, uh, Ioka doing a lot of that in the footage that I'd seen in, in one of the, the other fights that I'd seen, uh, when it was on TV. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think that Arroyo's going to walk through him by any means or that it's an easy fight. Um, but I don't think Ioka's going to to be as competitive as I think you you kind of indicated you think he might be. Um, but I'm picking uh, Arroyo probably by decision as well. Um, and then I, I'm expecting him to, to show up or wind up at Superfly 4 uh, as well against stiffer opposition. Um, the one thing that, that kind of bothers me about Ioka... Uh, was that when I looked at his box rec, uh, the guy's never fought outside of Japan one single time, and he's never fought on the world stage, especially, you know, in a, in a kind of a showcase, uh, you know, televised series like Superfly. Uh, this is like the big, t- you know, the biggest of the big time, sort of, you know, a pay-per-view event. Um, I kind of think that he's going to be overwhelmed by both Arroyo and, and in, in, you know, the, the lights and the noise and everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think Arroyo wins this one, uh, probably by unanimous decision. Uh, is that what you said as well? Unanimous? Yeah, I think it'll be a unanimous decision. Um, it's just kind of a strange decision by Ayoko, you know, having he won that world title and then retired straight away. And sure. then obviously he got talked into coming back for the, uh, the super five <laughs> three card. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully coming out of retirement, Hopefully, coming out of retirement is not short-lived and he's not, you know, bounced out of there after three or four rounds. Yeah, that's actually something I hadn't considered was the retirement. So, uh, that you know, that may or may not play a factor, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, now, outside of that, Michael, the only other action of note that's happening next weekend uh, is uh, over on Showtime, and that's just the main event. Uh, we have uh, it's it's anticipated a lot uh, by by a number of people. I know Victor wanted to talk about this fight, so it's a shame he's not here. Uh, but in the main event over there next week, and we've got uh, Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia, which is a 12 rounder for the vacant WBC welterweight title, uh, which Keith Thurman vacated uh, several months back. Uh, Michael, I'll let you take this one again. 
Um, who are you going with, and how do you see this fight playing out overall? I think it's going to be a close fight. I think Sean Porter might just manage to um, manage to take it. I just think that his style is kind of unorthodox. You know, he throws he goes <laughs> yeah. close. He kind of quite a, quite a dirty fighter. Uh, uses yes. a lot of head, a lot of arm movements and stuff like that. I think the the key for victory for um, Danny Garcia would be just to just to keep moving, stay off the ropes, not let uh, Sean Porter like come in and tie him up. So he's mm-hmm. gonna have to try and you know have a constant jab, like work from the outside, and just stop Porter from coming in, kind of setting his feet and just um, working the body, working the the rough house tactics that you know we all know Sean Porter loves to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Just try to try to frustrate him. Uh, so if Danny Garcia can do that, then I think it'll be a good night for him. But I can see it being a long night and uh, Sean Porter just taking it on a kind of like a close decision, but winning by like three or four rounds. And Danny Garcia just looking quite beaten up by the end of the 12th. Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I'm with you in, in, in your pick of Sean Porter winning by decision. Uh, I, I have almost no doubt of that, but... Um... You know, speaking of Danny Garcia, you had mentioned his, his, you know, he's going to need to move and maybe stay on the outside and stay off the ropes. But Danny Garcia is so damn flat-footed and so slow of foot, like I have a really difficult time envisioning him being able to kind of nullify that, that, you know, that bullying type of offense that Porter utilizes. Um, Now, speaking of Sean Porter in in this one, I think that – that he'll win most of the rounds, uh, not because he's going to land anything significant, but he's going to be the busier fighter. Um, and like you said, he comes in and he's, he's a little dirty on the inside. I think that that maybe not speaks to, to Sean's, you know, disposition or temperament as a, as a person or a fighter, but rather his his limited ability in the ring. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely not, uh, you know... Uh, He's definitely not a Floyd Mayweather type of fighter, you know. He's he's more of a, I would call him a, a poor man's uh, uh, Andre Ward. But uh, be that as it may, um, I, yeah, I definitely think I definitely think. But near the end of the fight, you're right, Michael. I think Garcia is going to look worse for the wear and going to look very tired and kind of defeated, um, you know, because Porter's got good stamina or excellent stamina, and he can keep that that uh, you know that slop up that he throws. Uh, you know, he can keep going for 12 rounds hard. So. Um, I definitely see Porter winning this one. Um, now let me ask you, uh, Michael, do you, do you think that the winner of this fight is going to be fighting Keith Thurman, um, in the spring or summer of 2019? Or do you think that's like two or three fights down the road, maybe at the end of next year? I was at the, uh, Amir Khan training camp about like one or two weeks ago on a Monday sure. talking to him and. By the sounds of it, it sounded um, like the winner of this. You know, I think they were kind of hoping it would be Danny Garcia so we could get like an Emir Khan, D- Danny Garcia 2 for the uh, the WBC. Or okay. um, if that doesn't work out, Ooh. it could end up being um, Amir Khan. So Amir Khan against uh, Manny Pacquiao. Um, yeah. So we're yeah. going to have to wait and yeah. see. You know, if Sean, if Sean Porter wins, maybe the, maybe the Amir Khan and Sean Porter fight wouldn't look as big because there's not that... Um, you know, and it's not the revenge fight that I guess they're hoping for is sure. Danny Garcia gets it. And I don't. The yeah. thing about Keith Thurman is, you know, like he, he's he's kind of like the 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 champion in recess, as they call it, because obviously he gave up the title, and I'm sure he's guaranteed a, a, a title shot when he comes back from injury. But but does he want it? That's the problem because he just 
He only seems to want to fight once a year, and he comes back and he wants to kind of fight like in easy pickings, like one or two fights yeah. before he ends up going back to WBC. I don't, I don't think his heart's really there anymore. You know, after having a few, a no. few paydays and winning the titles. Yeah, I, I think I think I I agree with you 100 percent, man. I I think that uh, Thurman is is one of those guys that. Maybe he was hungry. I'm sure he was hungry enough before he won any titles or before he hit the big time. But you know, once he got a taste of that money and and the fame and kind of that you know that higher standard of living, I think he kind of checked out. You know, uh, from the sport emotionally and and like you said, he wants to fight once a year, if that. And and when he's in there, he you know the last few fights. I mean, he's a good fighter, but he hasn't really you know impressed me or blown. I don't think he's blown anybody away with his performance. Uh, and you know, given given the level of competition he's been in against, you know, I expect a little more out of, you know, my champions. You know what I mean? The sports champions. Um, but you'd mentioned Amir Khan, Michael. That's interesting because I hadn't actually thought of Amir Khan fighting either Porter or Garcia. Um, of, of course, I'd heard of him, uh, you know, potentially fighting Manny Pacquiao, which I'm not too, not too keen on. Uh, I don't really want to see that. Um, it, especially you know in 2018 or 2019, but um, against Porter or Garcia, I actually think those are interesting matchups. Um, I, as bad as Khan has been lately, and as, as fragile as he is, I, I actually would favor him slightly over Garcia in a rematch. Um, I think Garcia is is kind of worn down and kind of you know past his best, and even at Garcia's best, I I, I think he was a B level fighter. Um, now against Porter, I would probably Porter favor Porter against Khan, but I still think that would be an interesting fight uh, because Porter, you know, comes in with that that, you know, very aggressive sloppy and kind of dirty offense and Khan's more of a boxer, so I'd kind of like to see how that plays out uh, I think that would be a good undercard fight for, you know, so, you know, a bigger fight, you know, a championship fight or something but uh, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll have to wait and see um, now, outside of that, Michael, uh, I don't. I really don't have too much else to talk about. Um, I have a bunch of news and notes, but it's nothing that I think is going to be terribly interesting to go over on the air. Was there anything that you wanted to, to cover since we've been away for three weeks, or are you good? No, I think just wait for the big one next week. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I wanted to, to talk to you and, and Victor about, if, if he's listening, uh, and, and our listeners. Uh, this week's show is probably going to end in just a few minutes. But uh, next week, uh, you know, we've got we've got some other action outside of the Canelo and Golovkin preview. But uh, you know, that's the big one, and there's so much to talk about. You know, we'll, I'm sure we'll retread the the uh, you know the tainted meat subject and and Golovkin getting old and all of those other things that we you know we've touched on and other people uh, have touched on and some of the things that nobody's talking about or don't want to talk about regarding this fight. So uh, I I certainly have a lot to say, and I'm kind of writing a mini rant, uh, which I'll which I'll edit several times during this coming week. Uh, but if you don't have anything else, Michael, we've made it almost, well, we've got about 25 or 26 minutes in, man. Uh, not too bad for having such a, such a, a, a small layout plan for the show. Uh, did you just want to end it then? And, and, and we can go uh, enjoy the rest of our Sundays. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. We'll do that. Well, uh, I appreciate you getting on the air and uh, you know, it's good to be back and uh, we'll definitely do this for a full two hours next week with or without Victor. Um, this has been episode 31 of the Loaded Gloves Boxing Podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash split boxing. You can follow me on Twitter at, at split boxing. You can follow Michael Shepard at, at mshep10. Uh, and Victor Atkinson, of course, who isn't here today, uh, at 757Vic. You can also visit the SplitDBoxing.com website. And if you are so inclined to do so, you can support the Greater Split D Boxing Network on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Split D Boxing. So for myself and my co-host, Michael Shepard, uh, we will see you next week. Who's gonna bust-